Are you a cake maker running a business or a business owner making cakes? Hi, I'm Sammy. Hi, I'm Bronya, and welcome to the Business of Cake Making. Hi, and welcome to the Business of Cake Making. This week, we are speaking to someone who decided to pivot her business in lockdown and has come out the other end with the most amazing book. I know, right? So we are speaking to Lucy Burton, who has written and tested um, and all the other things that you need to do for a cookbook. And her book is called Postal Bakes, and it's due out in May. But over to the interview where we had a chat to find out what goes into writing a cookbook. Hello, Lucy. Thank you for coming on to the business of cake making. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Um, So uh, you're going to come and you're going to talk to us about your new book, which I'm really excited (laughs) about. (laughs) So should we start at the beginning? Um, Can you introduce yourself and uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Of course. Um, So hello, my name's Lucy and I have got a new book coming out in May this year called Postal Bakes. Um, So as the name suggests, it's all about things that you can make and package up and send in the post um, anywhere in the country. And it's completely inspired by the business that I had in across the lockdowns, actually, but started in the first lockdown, literally in that first week in March 2020. Um, and, uh, before the pandemic, I have had a business making wedding coats, which thankfully I still have. Um, but obviously during COVID that was all postponed. Um, and so in that time I was thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this free time and a bit scared about losing all these bookings. And so I basically just decided to start sending cake to people because they couldn't go to occasions where they would eat cake. (laughs) Are these your existing customers that you had or are these? Well, to be honest, I actually ran it all off my Instagram and I was as shocked as anyone that it was as popular as it was. Um, I literally, I think people sometimes think there was a bit more strategy behind it than there was. I literally decided I was going to do it, ordered some boxes and packaging I'd already, um, I used to send wedding cake uh, tasters in the post. So I had a little bit of an understanding about how to do that. Um, And I just posted on Instagram, basically saying, hi, guys, I'm going to start selling brownies. Does anyone want to buy them? (laughs) And, um, and yeah, and it just went from there. And it was pretty mad. Um, I was expecting um, to have about two orders and probably have lots of boxes kicking around my flat for the next few years um and then I think it just really captured a moment with people I think you know everyone was stuck at home um everyone had had things cancelled whether that was their wedding or parties or you know just being able to see people and it it really took off and um you know people ordered for themselves but most people were ordering for other people so they would send boxes through me to someone else um and yeah and it kept me going through that whole time um I stopped doing it for a little bit and then I did it again for Christmas and that was even crazier so yeah that's kind of the story um and yeah so then and then the book came out of that fantastic fantastic so you're actually um I was reading somewhere that you I think it came up in one is it the times or someone I don't know that you're pro-leaf trained or you're leaf school trained or yeah so I went background behind you 
Well, yeah, um, I I went to Leeds, um, which I was super lucky to be able to do. I actually, um, I was one of the first people to do, they introduced a new course, it was about five years ago now, called, um, it was like an evening version of the um, foundation, which is the first kind of module of the diploma. Um, and I did that as soon as they started, because I'd always wanted to go to Leeds, but the year-long um, course was pretty expensive (laughs) um and so then when I saw they were introducing this course I I sort of jumped at the chance and they introduced it totally for that reason that they had all these people who wanted to train at Leeds but couldn't make it work you know to take a year out and obviously it's it's quite expensive to pay to put yourself through it um so yeah I did that uh yeah five or six years ago um and that was amazing I was already baking but it was really great to kind of actually get some professional training um, and to sort of learn. They teach you so much there. Obviously, it's all the, you know, best practice cooking. and But it's also like how to be in a kitchen. Um, they do loads of modules on things like costings and stuff like that, which was incredibly helpful. So, yeah, I'm still completely fangirl having, <laughs> having been <through. laughs> So, um, so you were sending bakes through the post all through lockdown. Um, how did writing a cookbook come about, and why? Why the postal bakes? Why did you not go back to like your wedding cake business? Um, and I saw because I did see on a recent post that I think you were hugging your book and you were calling it your lockdown baby. So. <laughs> How did it I mean, start? a lot of my friends had actual <laughs> lockdown babies, so that was a little bit of a riff on that. <laughs> um, when you're 30, that's just, you know, <laughs> part of the course. Um, yeah, so the book, it was quite interesting actually how it came about. So I, um, for years, have loved the idea of writing a cookbook, and I never, I never really thought it would actually happen. Um, but because I'd always loved the idea, I'd read a little bit around um how you go about getting a book deal and um one of the things that I'd read and this would have been you know years ago way before um I was doing the postal bikes uh, one of the things I'd read was that you the best way to get the interest of a publisher is to have a bit of a niche so an angle that's not really been approached before like you and you guys and I both know that there are so many cookbooks <laughs> oh my gosh yes there are them, hundreds I know, and a lot of them are baking books and you know I think we would we would suggest more than anyone that baking is diverse and broad, but it is true that there's only so many ways to approach it. So when I was doing the postal bakes, so I'd read all this and I couldn't I couldn't at that time think of a niche, and so, and so that was kind of that. And then when I was doing the business, I remember it just popped me into my head one day. I was like, oh, I remember reading that, and I had a bit of a Google and no one had written a book on postal bakes unsurprisingly because it is quite niche um and so I wrote a bit of a book proposal um which was not super strategic I just kind of looked up you know how you write a book proposal um and it's basically just what the idea is and sort of a sample chapter and some sample recipes and a bit about you um and then I have a copy of a book that gets published every year called the writers and artists yearbook mm-hmm. um which someone years ago recommended to me and it's basically got all the publishers details in and literary agents as well but I didn't even entertain that because <laughs> I didn't really <laughs> truly believe that anyone would be actually interested in the idea and I just emailed it to a bunch of publishers 
And then um, I didn't hear anything back. A few people said, thank you, but no thanks. Um, That's nice of them to say that, actually. Don't you yeah. get anything like that? <laughs> Most people you? didn't even come back to me. <laughs> um, and then I kind of forgot about it, you know, life moved on, whatever. And then um, at the beginning of last year, I got a DM on Instagram from um, this lovely lady called Kate, who is now my publisher. Um, and she said, hi, Lucy, you know, you sent me your book proposal, you probably don't remember. And I was like, I obviously do remember. (laughs) Um, And she said that she was in the process of moving jobs when I'd sent it to her. So that's why she hadn't come back to me. Um, And she was like, I still think it's a really great idea. Are you still looking for a home for it? And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah, definitely. And so I resent it to her and then, yeah, and then it was a bit of back and forth, but they really kindly offered me a publishing deal. Yeah, that's the story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How long did the process of writing, photography, editing um, really take you? Um, And is it a process you enjoyed and would you do it again? I really, I've had a look at it on the Amazon website and the photos are just fantastic i actually have a co- so i actually have a copy here you obviously this isn't very good for the podcast but <laughs> you can see it <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god you must be so proud of yourself <laughs> yeah no it is crazy um and like i knew it was going to look obviously i completely trust my publisher so i i did trust her vision for how it would look but it's really hard to actually imagine it until it's there if that makes sense yeah, yeah, you see yeah. it on these pdfs and in a way it looks the same but it also kind of looks nothing like a book um Mm. yeah so it's really exciting so the process took um let me see I got I actually actually signed the book deal in April and then it went off to print in December so wow yeah well I don't know what that is eight months um that's quick that's fantastic yeah and and you said it it comes out in May yeah it comes out in May so I've got an early copy but I don't think most of them are here yet um and it was an amazing process it was such a privilege to get to do and I really tried to hold on to that because there were points where it was quite stressful obviously um and I kept I when I could feel myself getting stressed about you know deadlines and testing and everything I was like no just try and enjoy this because you know like I I don't know, mine I never get to do it again. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, the pro- it was really it was really fun. It was really interesting actually because obviously I don't really know anything about publishing, and so everything I was doing was new to me. And everyone else that was involved in the process was very familiar with publishing, and so you know my publisher and the marketing team and the photographer and you know photography stylists and everything. Um, so. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, How yeah, did the photography not... work? Since we were like in lockdown and everything, did did they come to you or did you take stuff to them or did you yeah, post so it? We, we shot. It... <laughs> oh gosh, can you imagine? Um, <laughs> we shot it over. Um, we did one shoot day in July last year, so July twenty twenty one, and then we did um, four shoot days in September. So actually, right. none of that time, thankfully, was lockdown. I do know of a few people who did books during lockdown, and it sounds, you know, it's it's pretty. It's so much work that goes into a photography shoot day for a book, and trying to add in not being able to be in the same place as people, I can't yeah. even imagine. Yeah. Did you? Sorry, I'm going to throw in a question. Okay. Um, did did they come to you, or did you have to go to them? 
So we um, shot the book in um, my photographer, Nasima, has an amazing studio in Bow in East London. Um, so we shot it all there, which was nice. so cool. Um, uh, yeah, I um, I mean, when we were first working it all out, I was like, we can shoot it at mine if you want. And I remember Kate was like, Nasima has a really nice studio. I think we'll shoot it there. <laughs> um yeah which was which was amazing so we did the one day in July which um this was new to me so they um in publishing they create something called a BLAD which stands for the book layout and design um and that's basically a sort of very mini version of the book they use to sell it in to distributors um so we did a yeah a bunch of the recipes on that day and then four days in September where we did everything else. Did you so. just rock up with all your bakes ready done, ready to go? <laughs> did they have all like the props and everything? Is it, or did yeah. you, were you baking there or? A little bit of both. So, um, Hi. so we had an amazing prop stylist called Lauren who, um, she picked out all of the, um, backgrounds and, um, plates and cutlery and, you know, everything that went in. Um, and she was incredible because I had quite a clear idea of what I wanted um and we had one briefing call and she said she just obviously totally got it because everything she picked out was gorgeous um so that was really fun because she'd propped for uh, for the september shoot she'd propped for all four days in one go so we had loads of stuff <laughs> um so i was like, a total kid in a sweet shop which i'm sure you guys would be as well um with all these really lovely things and then um yeah in terms of how we did it prep wise so I um I styled the book we had an amazing food stylist called Rosie um who came and did one day with us to help us get the cover um I've done bits and pieces of food styling over the years but I'm definitely not a full-time food stylist um so it was fab to have Rosie and then I had someone helping me every day um so I had um actually on the first day one of my best friends called Jess came and helped me um and she's never done she you know she works in finance so she's never done any kind <laughs> wow. of stuff. but actually she was incredible it was all it was me being disorganized I hadn't booked an assistant because I was kind of like I was one day I'll be fine I don't need anyone and then she was between jobs and so she was like well I'm, you know if you need some help I'm happy to come and I was like okay and then she completely saved the day doing loads <laughs> of baking <laughs> on set so she was amazing she and might have found I, a new career yeah honestly she was incredible and some of the things that, a couple of the things that she made are in the book so I was like Jess you can always oh wow these people. how nice I know um and then because to answer your question sorry um I I prepped the good one of the good things about baking is that obviously things can be made ahead which is yeah. not um it's not quite so straightforward with like a if you're doing kind of salads and stuff like yeah. that you know it's difficult to mm. do that so we pre-made um I'd say probably about two thirds of what we shot Okay. Um, and that was literally me doing that, you know, the day or the evening before. When we did right. four shoot days in a row, that was quite tough. Yeah, <laughs> so I'd like get imagine. home from a full day and be like, oh, okay, I've got to make stuff for tomorrow. Oh, um, no. <laughs> I know. Oh, um, but luckily everything is, is quite, sort of, you know, very quite simple, straightforward yeah. recipes. Um, and then, yeah, we did do baking on, on set as well. Uh, Nasma has a, because she's a food photographer, so that's what she does. Right. So she has a full yeah. kitchen in her studio. So, um, yeah, I what we generally did is um, whoever it was that was assisting me would kind of be baking the thing that we were going to shoot next whenever we were shooting something. Um, and sometimes that would be like I'd already made part of it. So, like, I've got a 
uh, kind of millionaire shortbread recipe in there and I'd already done like the shortbread and the caramel and they were doing the chocolate um so yeah it's pretty it's pretty full-on because we were trying to get I think we tried to get 10 shot 10 things shot a day um which I oh wow that is pretty full-on it is it is full-on actually like before we did it I remember when we were prepping for the shoot I was like oh you know 10 things in a day is fine like with three (laughs) but it's not actually at all because everything obviously needs to look perfect and yeah I used to I used to work in marketing and I used to um I used to work in the dance industry it was like dance shoes and I remember doing like a whole day shoot and I I remember the first shoot that I ever did and I took all this massive all these new products along and I'm like yeah it's just a couple of shots per shoe I just couldn't believe how long the setup was, yeah. you know, and I think I got, I left, it was in Leicester and I, I left Leicester at like 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, I'm never doing that again. It just <laughs> took so long because you don't yeah. realise that it's all the, the moving and the, it's just like little tweaks here and there. And it's like, you know, it's not like shooting a wedding cake in the corner and off you go, is it? <laughs> yeah. And um, the whole photography setup as well. I mean, NASMA is actually super quick and flexible, but still, you know, if they're shooting overhead and then they go to shoot side on, that whole camera setup has to be changed. Um, But it was an incredible experience. It was, I feel like I learned so much from getting to do that and be so involved in the shoots as well. Do you think it's improved your own photography? Because you've got a blog as well, haven't you? I do, although my poor blog has been a bit neglected in the last few years. You know, it's um, not like you haven't been busy. (laughs) yeah, it definitely um it definitely put like a new shone a new light on how how to do things. I mean, I um I may I feel like I'm okay with an iPhone <laughs> at a wedding cake. Um but seeing the sort of preparation and thought that went into some of the shots is you know, it's amazing. And I'm so, so happy with how the photography looks. Um so yeah. excellent. Fantastic. How that all went. Right. So could you explain the listener um what recipes are in the cookbook and we read somewhere that you use just one tin is that true it's true wow Um, i mean (laughs) technically i have two tins but they're the same (laughs) (laughs) um i know and and now my army of testers so my mum my boyfriend's mum various friends of mine also have that same tin Um, yeah (laughs) i hope you're on commission for that tin Well, I mean, they kindly tested stuff for free, so if anything, they should be. Oh. But um, yeah, so everything, every single recipe in the book can be made in a 30 by 20 centimetre rectangular tin. Um, a lot of the recipes, are, you know, don't need to be made in that tin. So things like biscuits and, you know, they can kind of be made on any flat baking yeah. sheet. Um, and that was that was something that was part of my initial proposal, actually, that I really wanted I really wanted it to be approachable as a book. Um, I think because I love baking and I feel so strongly about it, it makes me sad that one of the things that puts people off is that they think it's going to require loads of paraphernalia. And you can see why people think that because, um, you know, you watch any kind of show that does a lot of baking and there is a lot of, you know, the thing is there is a lot of baking paraphernalia, but I don't think you need it necessarily. Um, I mean, you guys do, and I do, because we make wedding cakes, but people baking at home don't necessarily. Um, No, that's right. Yeah, so I wanted it to be in one thing, because I wanted, you know, someone who's not done much baking to be able to pick up the book and only have to buy one thing, or they might already have it, and then they can make everything. Um, And also it kind of worked, because for anything 
that's like a cake or a brownie or a bar um you're going to want it to be in a rectangular shape to be able to post it so it kind of made sense for that as well and in terms of what's in the book so there is a chapter on brownies and blondies which is um obviously kind of where everything started for me um so that felt really important um but I really didn't want it to become a brownie book um and that's not because there's anything wrong with a brownie book I think a brownie book's amazing and actually my friend Leah is about to bring out a brownie book called the brownie diaries that looks incredible um but I wanted it to be more versatile than that so there's also there's brownies and blondies but there's also cakes um bars so there's kind of shortbread bars um fridge cakes florentine bras um and then there's biscuits sweet and savory confectionery um so kind of fudges and um truffles and fruit pastels and stuff like that and then there's a chapter at the end called store cupboard um and it's basically got some kind of core um sort of sub recipes in so fruit curds and caramels and things like that that I'm not suggesting that you post a jar of lemon curd um because <laughs> I definitely would never suggest that um but you but th- those recipes then feature in other recipes in the book right. so it felt yeah. important for them to be in there because obviously you can buy those things and that's totally fine but I I felt like a lot of people might like to make them so yeah Mm. I can't make lemon curd (laughs) (laughs) every time I make it it goes wrong (laughs) I'm gonna have to get your book try it we'll see what you think I don't bother with um a lot of people make it in a bain-marie and I don't do that um Mm -hmm. no and yeah that's that's how I've done it before because I've had to make um orange curd because one of my customers really likes orange curd and it's quite hard to buy yeah. orange curd. <clears throat> so, yeah, but it's, n- n- you know, <laughs> yeah. it could be better. I am reading, um, uh, who was it, um, in someone's book recently, another cookbook, um, that um, a curd is basically a custard with fruit, and it is true. And I think when you approach mm-hmm. it like that. Yeah, because I can make a custard. Yeah, exactly, so you're just no getting problem. fruit into a custard. Um, yeah. Yeah. I shall have another go. <laughs> um, who, who is the cookbook aimed at and what do you hope they'll get from it? So I would say it's aimed at anyone who likes the idea of baking for someone else and giving it to them. Um, so it's not, um, it's it's definitely approachable. I wouldn't say it's, you know, like a sort of beginner's guide to baking but it is definitely um there's recipes in there that you could you could tackle if you've not done much baking um and then there's some that are a little bit harder but um there's nothing super kind of patisserie led or anything like that um and I think it's I really wanted it to feel like you can it's approachable you can make things for someone else hopefully they won't go wrong and then um there is a whole section on how to post things as well but I am fully aware that I'm sure a lot of people will cook from the book and not post things. Um, and that's fine too. They don't need to be posted. But if you want to, everything in the book um, is postable as well. So yeah, I hope it's going to be something that quite a broad range of people would yeah. would enjoy baking from. That's what I hope. Talking of posting, so, <laughs> um, so is there a secret to sending bakes that look pretty and neat when they arrive and they haven't just arrived in a big load of crumbs? Um, 
And do you have any hints and tips on the best packaging? Because Sammy was talking when we, when we talk about interviewing, um, and we all go sort of like go through lots of questions. Sammy wondered if she you had any hints and tips on eco packaging. If you've come across any decent eco ones. Yeah, and um, I think the eco question is actually such a good one because um, when I first started doing this, I, I I try really hard. I don't always succeed, but I try and be as eco as possible. And it, you know, you order something from Amazon, and it's like it's upsetting when it turns up in this enormous box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. biggest boxes in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but there are loads of great recyclable packaging options out there. Um, I um the thing I the only thing I struggled with of all the things I used was to find a good recyclable cellophane. Um uh, yeah. That was the struggle. But um the boxes are obviously all cardboard and you can there's so many supplies out there, lots of them make from you know recycled um cardboard, which is brilliant. Um tape you can get now paper tapes, um, which are actually really good, and you can usually get those branded, which is quite nice. Um and then I use tissue paper, which again is all recyclable so I felt like I I did try my best to do that and I think there are lots of options out there um but yeah the cellophane is the tricky one um and we but use you, so I mean in catering we use so much plant, I mean, we cling film yeah. and everything and, it, and I'm we're I'm always really aware as I, if I'm cling filming up a cake I'm like there's just so much plastic that's going there and, and I think yeah. that is the truth I find that with cakes as well that that's the tricky thing to replace um yeah but yeah, I mean, a lot of the things in the book you can you could wrap in greaseproof paper if you wanted to. Okay. Um, so so that's an option too. Um, and then in terms of making sure that things arrive looking nice, um, so this is something I do go into in quite a lot of detail in the book because um, I think obviously it's an important part of everything that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's actually more straightforward than people think. Um, but basically. The first thing is obviously not to send anything that is particularly perishable, um, which I, I, I would think feels quite obvious. But so, no, I, I've never tried, for example, to send meringue. Um, right. Although my friends who run meringue girls do do their meringues in the post. So that is obviously possible. Wow. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I don't use any sort of fresh creams or buttercream or bread doughs or anything like that. That's not going to cope with the journey. Um, and then the other the main the main thing, which I think to me felt like when I was packing it felt quite obvious maybe it, maybe it's not is that you just want to make sure that there's no space for things to move around yeah. in as long as things are not able to move they're actually pretty secure yeah. um so the best way to do that is to ensure that your box is you know only very slightly bigger than whatever you're sending so that things can't move um if you're sending mixed boxes so you know, a box with some brownies in and some biscuits. Um, you can fill the spaces with scrunched up tissue paper or, um, you know, wood wool or something like that. Um, and that's kind of the main thing, um, right. I would Don't say. Don't let them yeah. bang into one another, I guess. Exactly. And I wrap yeah. everything in quite, in a, you know, everything gets a good couple of layers, so it's pretty well padded anyway. Um, mm. But, yeah, I did. Well, obviously, I, I ran the the postal baked business for a long time and then when I was testing new recipes uh for the book I posted them to people to check that they travel <laughs> they loved you wow <laughs> yeah um my friend actually one of my really good friends probably had um a baby during the time where I was furiously testing <laughs> um and so I, during the testing phase I just 
constantly had so much stuff in my house um and so I was like okay I know what I'm gonna do and I just sent her and her husband this massive box full of like brownies and fridge cake and biscuits wow. and she said she was like when it arrived <laughs> she was like it was so good um so yeah but um how to make yeah. a new mum happy send them lots of bacon. <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely wow <laughs> Um, when I when I was checking you out um, on um, at Amazon, um, there was loads of praise on there, um, and you've been in so like the the Telegraph to Hello Magazine. It's, that is so amazing. How does that feel? It is it is amazing, um, and I I still find it. Um, it still sort of feels a bit weird that anyone wants to <laughs> write about that, um, but I think the. Um, the lockdown business actually was like I got I have had press for wedding cakes in the past, which is amazing. But a lot of that actually was about the postal business. Um, and um, I think, you know, it just it was very much of its moment and it was very topical. And there were a lot of journalists sort of writing pieces about businesses that pivoted and, you know, how you could get things to people. So I think I was quite lucky that that was all happening at the same time but yeah it is yeah it is amazing and it still feels a bit strange (laughs) are you um planning on having a launch party so there's no official launch party but i mean i'm gonna have a launch party (laughs) yes (laughs) yes um it will probably be me and my friends and my boyfriend and my brother in a pub somewhere but yeah there will be some form of launch party and it and it will be really fun Um, I'm diverting a bit here. My husband was on Tipping Point oh. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we had a, a, all of our friends came round and we watched it all together. Oh, it was wow. absolutely fantastic. Amazing. It's like a Eurovision yeah. party. Not as good as a book launch. <laughs> yeah, got to have a book launch. Um, yeah. Um, we, we will look out for the posts on social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I said, it will probably be in some pub somewhere, but... Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't planned it yet, but I will be definitely needing a big drink on that day. So. <laughs> mm. um, so how are you now finding combining being an author with also being a wedding cake maker? And are there any plans for book two? Oh, I would love to do another book. Um, <laughs> there's no current plans for book two. Um, I'm obviously really hoping that this one does well enough that I might one day get the opportunity to do another one um but yeah I think I I think I don't think I've got another postal bakes book in me I think I think that's kind of a complete whole as it is and so if I were to do another book I would probably look at some other angle on baking um and then in terms of combining it I mean yeah like it's the the book process has been um really weird in the sense that while I was actually writing it and it was being photographed and edited and all of that process was going on, it wasn't actually announced. And so, although obviously my friends and family knew about it, I wasn't really talking about it um, sort of that widely. And it became this quite nice, um, not secret, but this kind of nice project that didn't weirdly didn't feel like it had that much pressure on it because no one really knew about it. And then when I announced it, it was suddenly quite scary because I was like, oh, people are going to read this. <laughs> I really hope it's all right. Um, so, yeah, so it's kind of this um, this quite nice time at the moment where, um, you know, I'm doing a bit of promotion for the book, but it's not actually out yet. Um, 
and then yeah the juggle at the moment the, the juggle feels pretty nice it was um but last summer when I was actually testing it it was testing that really was yeah. the thing that takes a lot of time um doing all the testing while I was making a lot of wedding cakes we were talking yeah. before we came on about all of the postponed weddings from the lockdowns happening at the same time as the weddings that would have still happened then yeah. it's um, a year last year as it was yeah that yeah. was that was quite a lot doing all of that together um and then yeah I mean I've had um I've had a few winter weddings but it's actually been quite a nice quiet time which has been good <laughs> uh so yeah it feels okay there's obviously a natural synergy between the two because it is all baking so yeah yeah I can't I can't imagine in the middle of a busy wedding season for someone to go can you just bake a few recipes and test them as <laughs> <Yes>. well yeah <laughs> you know the worst thing actually was not not worse because I don't want to complain about any of it but one of the most intense moments was so we did those four shoot days in September and it was a Monday to Thursday and it was re- it was amazing but it was really tiring yeah. um and I was kind of you know packing up my car in the morning driving over full day of being on your feet baking all of this packing up going home prepping for the next day and then on the Thursday I remember coming back and just realizing I had two wedding cakes on the Saturday um I didn't know like it wasn't like I'd forgotten but I just hadn't been focusing on it because um so I did those on the Friday but I (laughs) waking up on the Friday I was like how why have I done this (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah, although I think they probably had been in the diary longer than the book, ironically. But um, yeah, but even so, I couldn't. I bet that was a nice Sunday lay-in after that, wasn't it? I remember coming back on Saturday. It was actually—it's not a very interesting story, but it was the craziest day. I ended up on the Woolwich Ferry in London. Yeah, don't know if you're familiar with that. I yeah. wasn't before it happened. My sat <laughs> my sat nav was I was sort of merrily going from Marlebone from the first wedding down to Woolwich for the second wedding, and suddenly it was like you know. Um, drive onto ferry and I was like what and um, I've never I've lived in London for nearly a decade and I've never come across the Woolwich Ferry (laughs) see I've never been I've been through the Blackwall Tunnel but I've never been on the Woolwich Ferry ever yeah it's um I hadn't either I don't know how it ended up happening I mean it's actually really great it's free you just drive on and go across the river I I just oh it's free because I remember I used to go um I used to drive from Surrey to sorry, Epsom to um, Hackney, where where my last job was. And I used to go down the A2 and through the Battle Tunnel. And I always remember the amount of times you used to hear on the radio, Woolwich Ferry shut or the Woolwich <laughs> Ferry's not working. And it's like all of a sudden the traffic would be three times worse because the Woolwich Ferry wasn't working. But, yeah. yeah. It was um, anyway. So that Saturday, I had all of that. It was during the petrol shortage. Don't know if you remember. Yes. Um, oh, you know, I was driving yeah. back from Woolwich. I managed to avoid the ferry back, um, and my sort of my light came on. I live in no. in Stoke Newington, Hackney, so quite far from Woolwich. And I remember just thinking, please, like, please let me get home. <laughs> um, and I sort of rolled onto our road, and the car had zero petrol in. Um, and I remember just like walking into my house and being like, I'll unpack the car tomorrow and just watching Strictly Come Dancing. And it was so good. <laughs> yeah. Good move. Yeah, nice evening. Crazy week. <laughs> yeah, the things we end up doing. Um, I hope you had a large glass of wine as well. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I'm sure I did. I can't, I can't even remember. But <laughs> sounds, sounds about right. Yeah. 
where where can our listeners um order the book or pre-order the book and where can they find you on social media website etc this is your moment to uh put yourself um, out there so the book is available to order on amazon um blackwells wh smith um quite a few independent retailers as well like a great read and um i actually did a bit of a thing on my instagram stories in last week about this because a lot of people have said like oh where should i buy it from and the short answer is there's benefits to all of them the Amazon ratings are incredibly influential. So that's probably the best place. Um, but some people feel strongly about shopping independence, which is great. So that is totally an option as well. Um, and, and then if you want to find me, I am on Instagram and Twitter, although I'm not very good on Twitter, <laughs> um, at, at Lucy Burton Bakes. Um, and then my website is lucybertoncakes.com. And you've got, as I was saying earlier, you've got quite a, a good blog on there. I know you haven't touched it for a little while, but it's still got quite a bit on there, your blog yeah. as well, haven't you? So if you want to go back and read the blog archives, um, <laughs> it's um, puddinglaneblog.co.uk. Fantastic. I will put all that on the show notes, um, including some links, obviously, to Amazon and maybe some smaller book. If I can find some links for some smaller retailers, I'll put them on there as well. So, um Thank you very much. It's been amazing chatting to you. What a whirlwind of a, yeah. a journey you've had. <laughs> I know, it really has been. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me, being, having me on. It's been lovely. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm actually going to yeah. pre-order. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> it so has really, really helped. So I'm very, very grateful. Yeah, yeah. there's two orders you're coming welcome. your way tonight. <laughs> thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Oh, she was brilliant. <laughs> she was so lovely, so lovely. And I can't, which is saying, I can't believe how young she is. Yes, very young. Very gorgeous, very glamorous, yes. and just very lovely. Yes. Um, and I can't believe and she... And what, I must say, what brilliant ambition, like, to push her to go and actually do something. Because yeah. lots of us go, oh, I'm going to write a book. We're going to do but this. You are, I know you are writing one. But, but no, she, she's written to publishers. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of self, well, not self-funding, but I'm self-publishing with like a crowdfunder. Yeah. Whereas she's gone to, to publish, she's made yeah. that effort to go yeah. to publishers. And so good. And to get it all done so quickly. Just ridiculous. Right. Okay. It's time. <laughs> Product of the week. <laughs> so Mark's put me off because he's been singing a different song. Well, <laughs> you need to tell him to shut up because yeah. you've got your own theme tune. Product of the week. Product of the week. Product of the week. <laughs> with with finger clicks. I know this week. Uh, percussion this week. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Right. You going first? Yes. Go on then. So um, this week's wedding cake had um, cake lace on it. Ooh. And I have previously not had much success with cake lace because my house is so wet. Right. Um, it would just be soggy. I'd I'd make it not in because I'm really disorganised. Um, I'd make it right at the very last minute, right, so yeah. it wouldn't have time to set. And I'd come down in the morning, it'd just be gloop on the table, and I'd be like, "Oh my god!" So. This week, I was organised. Well done. And um, I used a fantastic product, which previously I haven't used properly. And this time, I, well, it's because I was rushing it. But this time, I spent a whole afternoon 
just making cake lace, which okay. I have now got stored neatly. Wow, kind of neatly. But you shoved. pre-made it? I've pre-made it. I've got it stored neatly in greaseproof paper with um, a, a paper towel to soak up any moisture. And um, last night I just went, oh, I'll go and get my cake lace. <laughs> and, I, and I went and got it, stuck it on my cake. Bish bash bosh. Right. And and I have actually coloured it as well. The, today's was white, right. but I have made, pre-made other colours. So um, I'm I, just... You are on fire. Yeah. So I actually used two. I'm not going to tell you the other brand that I used because okay. it's not fair on them. <laughs> and other people may use it and like it, but they obviously yeah. do because it's quite quite a big brand. But this okay. one I used um, was Squire's Kitchen High Performance Flexi. Oh, I can't see. There's a sticker over it. <laughs> Flexi Ice Pack for Cake Lace Making. Okay. Um, I can't actually remember what company I bought it from because I'd, I'd had it for quite a yeah. while. I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, it is in date. Okay. And um, <laughs> you just literally pop some in a... Oh, is it a powder? you got a powder? Yeah, it's just, okay. a, just a powder. Um, you, you pop some in the bowl, you, you mix it for, for three minutes, and it kind of goes like a almost a gel, but right. a, a creamy white gel. And then yeah. you, and at that point, you can add colours if you wanted to. Okay. And then uh, you put it into your mat. Um, and when I went to that show last year that I can't remember what's called, that was towards the end of the year, the um, Cake Bake Show. Right, yes. In London. Yeah. Um, I bought a new cake mat there. Okay. And I used it as because I've I've only got a few cake mats, but yeah. I, I used all of them, so I got lots of them. <laughs> um and I'd like I would like to have that as my product of the week because that was amazing. But yeah. sorry, the, the cake lace one. Okay. So it's do you bake it? Is it the one that you bake in yeah. the oven or do you just let yeah. it sit? Okay. You can you can leave it to go dry, but um with, how long? Uh, yeah, and in my house, I could be, you know, here forever. Yeah. So I did it on in the oven. Um, the first lot I did was I left it too long because I thought, <laughs> oh, it won't be ready yet. And then it gets crunchy. Yeah, it was just like, shh, it just shattered <laughs> everywhere. So I was leaving it uh, about 15 minutes opening okay. the oven just to see. Because you can tell as well because it, it kind of loses its shine. Right. And then um, I'd take it out because I was doing two mats – at a time so I take one out leave it on the side while I okay. check the other one and then I'd come back and and peeling it out as well was was relatively easy, easy. the one of the mats I've I bought was really intricate and the right. first the first one I did I was like oh my god I'm never <laughs> going to be able to do this so who made this who made this but um I, it was surprisingly easy. I mean, yeah, I had to be careful. I couldn't yeah. just go whoosh, like yeah. a wax strip. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah. waxing your legs, yeah. <laughs> rip it off. But I am very, very happy with the results I've got. Good. So yeah. nice. Yeah, I haven't used cake lace for ages, and we used to have that cake lace at the shop. That um, because cake lace. The one that we had at the shop had like a pearlescent tint to it and it was it used to go really stiff. Yeah. But that's not how cake lace is, is it? No, no. 
it's it's more like floppy floppy movable yeah, yeah i yeah. think i just bought a dodgy no dodgy i think i think it depends on the brand okay ha- having used other brands right okay um i i and and the person who's using it and and the oven i guess yeah but but yeah. this squire's kitchen one nice definitely what right yeah. what you're gonna what yeah. are you going for perfect perfect so today what is your product right, of so the week? mine i also made a wedding cake which i delivered today uh-huh. and it was covered in fondant ah your favorite yeah my favorite <laughs> covered in fondant um and i was very grateful for my king pin rolling pin oh so that is my product of the week um when we had the shop all our cakes, well, I'd say 90% of our celebration cakes were fondant covered. Mm. And I had really bad tennis elbow. You did. It was, oh, all it was the time. Yeah. Tennis elbow from rolling fondant. Um, so this kingpin, I don't get it at all. Mm. it's so good so i mean they're not cheap they are if you buy them from the cake decorating company they're 89.99 mm. if you buy them from amazon they're 97.75 so it's Ooh. an expensive rolling pin uh-huh. right but it's weighty it could do damage if you hit someone let's yeah. just say that um and it's non-stick and it's it's big so i think it's probably about a foot long maybe a little bit longer um and it's got handles at the end so you're only holding the handles flat and then it the hand the the rolling pin rolls round the handles if you know what i mean yeah so it's not yeah, the whole because, thing that's rolling yeah because i use my whole body sometimes if you're doing a massive yeah. cake you're using your whole arm on the rolling pin yeah to get the, the and, it, and you, on you're it. pushing and you're pushing your your um your elbows and your wrists and everything whereas yeah. this you're just holding onto the handles and because it's really it's really solid and really heavy. Uh-huh. Yeah, you do have to push on it, but it's definitely a hundred percent easier than a normal non-stick. Really? Yeah. Um, so very grateful for my kingpin, and that is my product of the week. Product of the week, product of the week, product of the week. <laughs> so so that's us. That's us done. Do you do you spend your week going, oh, what shall I use on product of the week? Because that's what I've I've been doing this week. Yeah, every time you go to use something, it's like, should this be my product of the week? Yeah. No, maybe not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that's it. So as always, if you could rate, review, share, all the rest of it, um, it does help. And apparently you can now review in Spotify. Oh, can you? I didn't know that. Well, no, I have to a, get on there. It's a new thing. You can review us on Spotify. So please do. Have oh, I forgotten what I was going to ask you just Sorry. then? Oh, no. No, I remember. I don't know if you mentioned it last podcast about getting 10,000 downloads. <gasps> no. That, this, it, it, it's our... Yes. 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 <laughs> so since the last podcast, we have hit 10,000 downloads. Actually, I think we're at something like 10.7, 10.6 now. No, that's I know. amazing. I, know. I love it. Look, 10.6. Yeah, 10.6K, whatever. <laughs> but it does... It's, can you imagine how many people that yeah. is listened? Yeah. Blows my mind. Yeah. And, and at the beginning, I can remember being so nervous 
and scared when we talked to Paul Bradford. I think <gasps> I hardly said a word. My friend listened to it afterwards and she said, were you even there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and now we now you just natter. Now we yeah. just chat. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah, but thank you to everyone who has yeah. listened. Um, and as long as people are listening, we'll carry on chatting, I guess. Yeah. Well, it just means we get to see each other as well. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> means that we get to chat every couple of yeah. weeks, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> which Love actually, do you know, it's it's funny because the last few guests we've had, um, or a couple of guests, have they've all said, oh, they've asked us why we do it, which I yeah. think is quite interesting because, let's face it, we don't get paid. You know, there's no, no, no money in this. Um, no. But, yeah, we do it because, firstly, we get to see one another every time yeah. we chat. and. Because we like chatting about cake. (laughs) And if it's helping someone, we like it. Yeah. And and we're learning stuff as well. Yeah, we are. (laughs) We are. I have. Yeah. Right. (coughs) So on that high note of 10.5k followers. Yeah. See ya. Bye. (laughs) 